everybody. Oh, come on. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you this morning. I hope you came ready to worship the Lord. So if you would, let's stand to our feet, and we're going to go down to the river and see if we get our sins washed away. Amen.
good this morning? How many of you know that the battle doesn't belong to you? The battle belongs to the Lord. I don't know what battle you're fighting today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you can give it to him because the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Let's sing it together.
many of you believe that this morning? That the battle is all his. Sometimes we just need to surrender, give up, and quit fighting and say, Lord, this is your battle. I'm, uh, I'm letting you take the lead on this. Amen. And he's got you. I want you to understand God's got your back this morning. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, God's got your back this morning. Amen. And it may not seem like it. You may be struggling. He didn't promise us that we wouldn't go through the valley. He simply promised he would walk through the valley with us. Amen. That ought to make a Baptist want to shout, Baptist. Amen. And even if you're not Baptist, you're not Baptist, you're welcome here. Amen. We're not really Baptist. We're kind of Baptocostal, Ethodist, uh, Episcopalian. We're just kind of all of it. Amen. We love Jesus. Amen. That's all that matters. If you love Jesus, you are in the right spot. Amen. So put a smile on your face. Turn around. Tell somebody, you sure do look good this morning. Amen. You can find your place, and if you would, be seated. Uh, give Brother Martin a big hand. He's going to give us our announcements this morning. All right, so we will go ahead and get started. Um, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? If you're a first-time visitor, just signify it by raising your hand. Uh, we just want to make sure that we know you came today. Uh, our ushers are going to bring a card to you. If you'll just drop it in one of the baskets on your way out. Thank you for being here this morning. All right, so we do have a full schedule throughout the week. Wednesday morning, we have Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. Uh, we do have Wednesday night services, have a good dinner at 6 o'clock. And then uh, 7 p.m., youth in here, little kids have something going on, and the adults have Bible studies. Uh, we also have Sunday school for all ages, uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, I know my class is working through the book of John, and there have been some very amazing spiritual uh, truths that have come out the past couple weeks. Really enjoying that. Uh, we do need help for teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers for Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. Uh, if you are able to help, see Miss Cindy over here, and she will get you lined out. Um, Giving can be done the old way with cash money or checks. Uh, we do have an update on the online giving. You can go to giving.landmarktyler.com. It used to be where you had to set up a PayPal. That is no longer the case. You can just simply go there and uh, pay your tithes that way. Uh, we do need volunteers on the cleaning team. Um, everything you see here gets cleaned at least once a week. Uh, we don't have a self-cleaning button on this church. We left that off. 
but you can see Miss Kate Johnson back here. Um, takes about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And thank you to all that have volunteered and have helped. Um, I know it takes uh, a little bit of time out of your day. I always enjoy it because it's like somebody shows up, I'm here by myself all week long, and then it's like seeing friends, you know, like, Norm. Oh, that's a show about Mark, sorry. <laughs> Uh, we do have movie night coming up. Movie night is coming up on January 29th at 6 p.m. Uh, we are watching The Chosen. We'll have popcorn for you. Tell us what kind of candy you want. We will have it for you. Again, Sunday night, January 29th at 6 p.m. here. Uh, and we are watching The Chosen. Life recovery class will be going on at 1. And last thing I have for you, you know, the whole theme of this month so far has been commitment and consistency. Amen. And I don't know if you know this or not, but anytime you're trying to learn something, commitment and consistency is what we're learning, that's where the devil's gonna show up. So again, commitment and consistency. Fight through it, battle through it, and uh, thank you for being here. Let's praise our Lord and Savior. Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand. Brother Martin's been listening. That's good, Brother Martin. I'm impressed, amen. That's good. Some of you need to take your notes, amen, and listen in good. Hey, it is so good to see you this morning, and uh, we have a special this morning. Miss Tracy and uh, Brother Richard are going to sing for us today, amen. We're going to let him get up here. Brother Richard, he don't move as fast as he used to, but he sure is moving good, isn't he? He looks smooth, amen. <laughs> we, are so, we are so happy to be here. Uh, I always thrill to be in God's house. We're always limited for time, seems like, so I'm going to be as brief as I can. I want to introduce everyone. This is Brother Mark's wife, Julie Trout. And she plays, she plays, give her a big hand. She plays the keyboard and she sings at the same time. Not, not many times you'll see people like that. And she can really sing her heart out. And this is Tracy Little. And I want, I want to say kindly how we, I'm going to take time to, to say this, how we come about singing together. It just thrills you to think about it. Three or four years ago, we sang in the little praise team at the old church. And uh, I could never solo, but I, I love music. Uh, ever since I was saved, I love singing. And uh, so I said, well, I can't sing solo. I need someone to sing with me. And uh, this has been about three or four years ago now. And the Lord answered my prayer. I said, who is going to sing with me? So I turned to Tracy. She's four or five feet from me. And I said, Tracy, would you sing with me at church? And here's what she said. You're not waiting on me. I'm ready to sing. That, and I, that just... thrills me that the Lord answered my prayer and
a lot of times it's quick sometimes it's three or four years later but he answered my prayer and she sang so pretty this is Tracy Little and so we're proud we have so much talent in, in our church uh, we have Chris over here he plays the guitar and Brother Kelly's not here today but he plays the guitar and then we have Gail over here. She does sign language. We have, we have a complete country church. We have a loving church. And that's what's helped carry me through this time that I, I lost my wife uh, two and a half, three months ago. And it's been the prayers and everything of our church. And so if you're visiting here, You've come to a good place. I'm going to take time to read these verses first for you because I think someone needs this this morning. So I'm going to read the verses. This is the song that we're going to sing, I Need You More Today. And uh, let me read the verses. There are decisions I can't make on my own. And there are <clears throat> trials I can't face all alone. But you said you, you'd walk with me down life's troubled road. You said, come unto me, I'll bear your heavy load. How true that is. When I wake up in the morning and I fear to face the day, let me feel your gentle hand leading the way. Yesterday has come and gone with those trials far behind. But I'm ever learning, Lord, and every day I find. I thought that was so good, and that's why I wanted to read it for you. I do want to recognize my children today.
good we want to teach you a song if you would stand one last time and uh, this is a song that we sang once before really good song and it uh, was written kind of remembering all the old songs of back in the day and so you'll recognize some of these titles and so we want you to uh, sing along with us it's remembering all those songs those old songs that mean so much to us it's called this is my song amen Jesus. 
band. Julie, pray for us. God, Father, this is such an exciting song that we just praised you with. In you alone, you're our solid ground. Amazing grace, we thank you for the rugged cross. You've paid it all for all of us. Because you live, I can face tomorrow. Because you live, we all can face tomorrow. You are our hope. We love you, Jesus, and we, Lord, ask that you would be in this place now. Be with the children as they go their way and, and learn about you this morning. Be with the workers, God, and I pray that you would just speak to us individually how we need to either turn our life to you and trust you or we need to just follow you more and trust you more and commit to you more, Jesus. We thank you for being in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. amen. You can be seated. If you've got children who would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy and uh, Brother Gary over here at the door. We do have a nursery worker, so if you would like to, uh, if you've got anybody for the nursery, Miss uh, Annika is in there. And so we would love for you to take advantage of that if you want to. All right, give our children, our children's workers a big hand. They always do a great job. <coughs> now, y'all bear with me. Uh, I've been, like many of y'all, fighting the crud. How many of you have been fighting the crud? Amen. And uh, <clears throat> so I kind of got cotton mouth. I got antihistamine, nasal decongestion. I don't want to gross anybody out, but I have some post-nasal drip going on. Um, but I just want to be real with you, all right? So um, just bear with me if I have to stop and <clears throat> do things a little bit differently. I'm, in fact, I'm going to go ahead. I think I had a lozenge in here somewhere. Somebody shared a lozenge with me. Load me up. Yeah, there you go. That's what Miss Julie's job is, take care of Brother Mark. Amen. Can you say that? Amen. Can you bring me a lozenge, Julie? I had a lozenge, but I got rid of it. Oh, God bless her. God bless her. <laughs> now, Brother Martin already alluded to what we've been talking about, and that is two dirty words. Now, I know I get everybody's attention when I say that. We're going to learn two dirty words in church today. Amen. Those two dirty words are commitment and consistency. And they are dirty words because most of us struggle in those areas, don't we? Everybody wants to uh, take advantage of all the good things, but nobody wants to commit and put the work in, and nobody wants to be consistent with it. Uh, part of the problem with New Year's resolutions is not starting them, is it? It's finishing them. And that's where the consistency comes in. Um, so we need to understand uh, consistency is a huge part of our success in life. And we talked about the decisions that we make. Uh, you, can, you can look at where you're at in life right now, and you can pretty much say that where you're at in life right now, if you don't like where you're at, it's, it's because of those decisions we've made. Good decisions, bad decisions, uh, whatever they are, they are a culmination, and that's where we end up in life. And so if we can learn to make better decisions, then we can end up in a better place in life. But part of that is learning to be consistent. I told you last week, uh, you can't tell it right now, but I've lost hundreds of pounds. You can't tell it right now. But unfortunately, uh, like you, I've lost probably 100 or more pounds, but losing it ain't the problem, is it? What's the problem? Keeping it off. It's not the sprint. 
It's the marathon, right? And life is not a sprint. I wish, it, sometimes I wish it was. I wish that everything could be just be short and like a sitcom. You ever watch those sitcoms on TV? They come up with a problem at 7, and by 7.30, they've solved the problem all tied up in a nice little bow. Life ain't like that, is it? Life is not a sitcom. Amen? And so it is a, for the long haul. How do we learn to be consistent in our lives? Uh, the most important spiritual quality uh, in your life could be your consistency, and it has the greatest potential to impact the direction of your life. Now, we've, we've looked at it before. Many people think, well, you know, these people have it better in life because they're better looking, uh, they make more money, they have a better position in life, uh, they, uh, they, have a, they came from a better background, they got the opportunity to get better education than I did. We're all very good at making excuses of why we're not where we want to be, right? But I, I'm one of those, I don't let you off that easy. I always say this, if you want better, do better. Amen? Amen? Because we've become very good at making excuses, but we, we use those excuses to just stop us in our tracks. And the devil wants to stop you in your tracks, right? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing in your life. So I'm here to tell you today, it's not your appearance. I know many people that are not pleasant to look at, but uh, they do well in life, amen? Uh, not naming names, all right? Uh, I know many people that come from a hard background. I know brothers and sisters, siblings, that come out of the same bad background, and one rises above it, and one doesn't. What's the difference? One decided, you know what? I don't like living this way, and I'm going to do better than this. The other one said made excuses. This is just who I am. This is, this is what I was made into. This is what I was brought into. This is what I was destined to be. So I'm just going to lay here in it. I'm just going to live in it. Can I tell you this? That's a defeated attitude. Amen. Uh, JT, you can take this down just a hair if you would. I'm ringing just a little bit. Um, but I want you to understand. Uh, you need to understand that um, it, it has nothing to do with it. it what is your want to what is your want to in life, all right? Let's go to the first scripture, Romans 7, 15 through 19. Now, this kind of this fell real good because we just got through a Wednesday night or two ago going through Romans chapter 7. And Romans chapter 7 is the Apostle Paul, who I think we would all put up on a pedestal and say, spiritual giant. But Paul admits his own vulnerability. He admits his own humanness and admits that he struggles. You might have thought Paul was perfect, never sinned. No, Paul was human, flesh and blood, just like you and me. So let's read uh, verses 15 through 19. And this is what the Apostle Paul says, that spiritual giant. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, or you could say for what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that's what I do, right? And if then I do what I want not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. The law shows me where sin is. But now it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells in me. Can everybody say amen? amen. It is sin that dwells in me. Now I have good news and bad news for every saved person in the room because I've had this question poised to me many times. Brother Mark, I am tired of fighting this battle. When is this battle going to be over? Well, I got some good news and bad news. The good news is one day it will be over, and because you've been bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus, 
you're going to go to heaven, you're going to get a new body, and you're going to go to a place with no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. The Bible says every tear shall be wiped away. Won't that be a wonderful day? Here's the bad news. Until then, you are in the flesh. And as long as you are in the flesh, there will be a battle going on inside of you. The Bible says that now the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, but you still live in this flesh and blood, don't you? And so there is a war. The Bible says there is a war waging inside of me. And it is between the Spirit of God that lives in me, and it is the, uh, the, um, the flesh, if you will. And so it is battling with each other, okay? Um, here's, a, here's a good thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will or to want to is present within me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I, will, I want to do, I do not do. But the evil that I want not to do, that I practice. Okay? So here's Paul telling you, he's throwing himself open there and being very vulnerable and saying, I struggle. It's like the things I want to do, I don't do those things. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the very things. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like you talking to you sometimes? Yeah, it does. Because we're all there. We all struggle. And as long as you live in this flesh and blood body, you're going to struggle, okay? Uh, we are what we repeatedly do. So what is the best way to fight this? The best way to fight this is to get better habits. Any, anybody here got any bad habits? Bad habits are easy to get, aren't they? Guess what? The way that you combat that is the exact same way, but you need to develop good habits. What's a good habit? Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Start the day with your quiet time with the Lord every single day. Always be looking at when you leave the house and you go to work. Always be looking to fulfill the verse that says uh, that I will treat others as more important than myself. That's a good habit. Now, here's the problem. Many of us on New Year's Day will say, you know what, I'm going to do better at all those things. But then we get just a little bit down the road and we become inconsistent, don't we? So I'm going to tell you today, how do you become more consistent in your good habits? And the same thing works. If you don't want those bad habits... You need to learn to be inconsistent in those things. Put those things aside. In their place, put good habits, okay? Uh, look at this next slide. I like this. We must pre-decide. Remember we talked about pre-deciding? You don't decide, I'm not going to have sex with my boyfriend till you're in the back of the car. You decide before you ever go on the date, all right? You don't decide, I'm not going to drink alcohol because I have a problem with alcohol when you're in the bar and they ask you, what would you like to drink? That's not the time to be deciding that. You decide before you ever go to the bar. You decide before you ever enter the place where that's being served. I am not going to do that to myself because I know that's a struggle with me. That's a stumbling block for me. Okay? So we must pre-decide with God's help. And notice the key word right there, with God's help. Do you have the power to say no to sin? No. Just like Paul said, the things I don't want to do, those are the very things I do. You know why? Because the flesh is there. And you can't do it on your own. But you can do it with God's help. I've admitted to you before, Mark Trammell does not have much self-discipline or self-control. But with God's help, 
I can always do it. Because he said, he didn't say that I won't put anything more on you than what you can bear. He says, I will always be there to give you a way out. I will always be there when the temptation comes. I am always there to give you a way out. The Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen, Baptists. Oh, you non-Baptist too in the house. Amen. All right. So we are repeatedly what we do. So we're going to look at a guy. Anybody here ever heard the story of Daniel? Remember Daniel in the lion's den? Maybe all you heard about the story was just Daniel being put in the lion's den. Do you know why Daniel was put in the lion's den? We're going to read the story today. Now, it's kind of long, so bear with me. But it's found in uh, Daniel chapter 6. All right? I'm going to give you a little bit of background before we, before we read it. Daniel was one of the most consistent people in the Bible, and he was punished for it. Uh, many times when you try to do the right thing for God, what's going to happen? The devil don't like it, and he's going to raise up. You ever notice how you have more trouble getting here on Sunday morning than you have getting to work on Monday morning? That is intentional. The devil don't want you here. The devil does not want you here because he knows you may receive something that you need to hear. All right? So uh, here's the background. Around 605 B.C., um, uh, about 18 years after the Babylons destroyed Jerusalem, Babylonian governor abducted boys that were 12 and older, the best and the brightest to indoctrinate in the ways of Babylonian culture and to groom them as future leaders. So the, the Babylonian leaders said, you know what? These, uh, these Israelites are smart. These Israelites are good people and they're disciplined people. So let's take their best and their brightest young men and now young enough to indoctrinate them and let's bring them into Babylonian culture and let's groom them in our culture and raise them up because they are smart and raise them up to be our leaders. And they'll, they'll promote Babylonian culture and not Israelite culture. So they were going to trick them, all right? You get them young enough, guess what? You know what the world has discovered? Where do you start indoctrinating kids in the way of the world? Right here, as young as you can get them. The younger, the better, right? Because once you indoctrinate them younger, as they grow, they grow in that culture. And our kids know things today. Your kids know things today. You and I, we, we didn't have in our culture. We didn't have, we didn't know them. We didn't have to struggle with them. And so the, the uh, technology-wise... They're way more advanced than us because they grew up in it. But guess what? All that bad stuff that comes with that technology, they've also been indoctrinated into that also. All right? So it comes, and it's, it's why the devil wins. If the devil can win the younger generation, he wins. Because what does the younger generation become? I got bad news in here, everybody. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Guess what? I got... I, this will make your day. You're one day closer today than you were yesterday. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. You want to hear that today. But you know what the future is? The future is the younger people. But guess what? As, as he has worked hard on each generation, each generation has started to fall away. It started to fall away from the faith, fall away from church, fall away from God. Amen. So we must, we must fight that. That's why youth ministry, that's why we make it such a priority here. Youth ministry, children's ministry, it is of the utmost importance because we've got to win them young. We've got to raise them in the right culture, not the wrong culture. But that's what happened. They took all the boys 12 and older, uh, best and brightest, indoctrinated them, 
And the guy in charge was named King Darius. King Darius noticed this one young man, Daniel, displayed unusual consistency in his life. He planned to promote Daniel over their own top leaders. The other leaders, uh, and uh, to undermine Daniel's credibility, the other leaders didn't like it. The Babylonians were going, what is he doing? He is raising up these Israelites to give them the jobs that were ours, that were meant for us. And so they didn't like it. So they don't like Daniel. So they begin to go behind Daniel's back and try to ruin his credibility. Anybody in here ever had your character, your credibility attacked? Listen, the devil will come in sometimes and he will put people, he'll put the devil uh, in, in flesh sometimes and people will go behind your back and they want to destroy your credibility. Amen. So uh, here's what happens. Let's read the story. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 through 23. Now bear with me. Again, it's kind of long, but stay with the story, okay? Now when Daniel knew that the uh, writing was signed, so they, here's what they did. They, they dug up some dirt and they couldn't attack, they could not find any dirt on Daniel. But the one thing that Daniel did was, was he was very devout to his Lord. And the Bible says that Daniel went up to his room and in his room he opened the doors and the windows towards Jerusalem where Jerusalem used to stand and he would pray three times a day without fail. Pray three times a day. So they couldn't dig up any dirt on him. So they said there had been a decree written about King Darius that everybody, if anybody worships anybody other than King Darius, they will have to be put in the lion's den. So this is their only plan is to take Daniel and get him in trouble for praying to his God three times a day. So when Daniel knew that the writing was signed and they had signed the law that everybody's got to worship King Darius or you're going to be put in the lion's den, what did he do? Look what he did. He went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem and he knelt down on his knees, didn't stop three times every single day prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since his early days. You know what? Daniel had already predecided. Daniel had already made up his mind. I'm not bowing to anybody else. My God is my God. Jehovah God is my God. And I'm not bowing to anybody else. You can write all the decrees you want. You can write all the laws you want. But I'm going to do, I've already decided my God is my God. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Uh, then these men assembled, and they found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said that this thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, that Daniel, that, that Mark Trammell, you know that Mark Trammell? Let me tell you something about him. You know that, that Richard Lanham? Here's what I saw that Richard Lanham doing. You ever been part of the rumor mill? Amen? That's how it gets started, isn't it? So somebody wants to destroy you, destroy your character, they will come in and they will sweep in like a lion and they will come in from the back. You ever seen lions attack in a pack? They don't come from the front. They'll get a few in the front. Look like they're just kind of watching things, but while they're just there watching things get, catching your eye, there's going to be another set of pack coming from the back, right? That's how people come in from the back door. So the, um, this Dan, that Daniel, who is one of the captors from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, uh, or for the decree that you've signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. He didn't like it because he liked Daniel. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, 
and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. So even though the king, he has to do this because it's his law, he likes Daniel. And so he asked the Lord, Lord, protect Daniel, even though he knows I'm going to throw him in the lion's den because I can't go against my own law. But Lord, I want you to protect Daniel. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians. There's no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So it's his law. He's got to stick with it. All right? Verse 17. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. That's the king talking. Now, this is the guy throwing him in the lion's den, but he says, Daniel, I've seen you and I've watched you. And I believe you have so much faith that I believe what you believe. And he says, go back to that verse. And he, so he tells him, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. The king says that. Now get in the lion's den. All right? So next verse. Uh, then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, just like somebody else later on. Remember Jesus? Roll that stone where nobody can get in there. Get that body. So they put him in the lion's den, rolled a stone up, laid it on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. So he's fasting. He's praying for Daniel, even though he's the one who put him in the lion's den. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? <laughs> then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Come on! So that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. Amen. That'll preach. <laughs> Amen. So Daniel said, I don't care what you say. I don't care what people say. I don't care what you say behind my back. There is only one opinion that matters to me, and that is God's opinion. Amen? And Daniel said, I will not stand. I, I will not fall. I will not bow to another. I will not go against what I have been taught all my life, how I've been raised. I have pre-decided I'm going with God, and I'm staying with God. Have you pre-decided that? The Bible says one day it's going to get tough. I know you think it's tough right now. Can I tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Bible tells us about a time called the tribulation. And if you are not saved and you get to tribulation, the only way you're going to go to heaven is you're going to have to be martyred. You're going to have to give your life. You must pre-decide what's your answer going to be. Listen, there are other countries where they could walk in that door today, and we're not supposed to be having church, and they could say, I need everybody in here to line up. And then they would ask you the question, do you renounce Jesus Christ as the Son of God? And they've got that sword ready. And if you don't answer the way they want to, off with your head. You think you need, you're going to make that decision in that moment? You had better, if you're going to answer the way you need to answer, you better have already made that decision ahead of time. And be steadfast, consistent. Amen? Man.
Mm. Quite a story, isn't it? How, so you might say, well, Brother Mark, that's all well and good, but how do I become like Daniel? Well, I'm glad you asked. How do we grow in consistency? Number one, we'll give you three things. Write these down or take a picture of them. Amen. Start with the why. Why do you need to change some things in your life? Why do you need to change some things in your life? Because uh, just I want to I wanna lose some weight or I want to be healthier or I want to do this, that's not enough. You need to have some good reasons. Start with the why. Why do I want to do this? Why did Daniel pray three times a day? Because he knew at some point he was going to need the power of God. He was going to need supernatural power. The reason most New Year's resolutions fail is a result of desire, not devotion. I have the desire to not eat as much, but guess what? I love sugar. Woo! Can anybody answer with me? I love sugar. Amen. But sugar is the most, it's one of the most addictive things in our, in our universe. Amen. They've proven that. I'm, I'm not just spouting off. That's, they've proven that. Scientists have proven it. It is one of the most addictive substances that we have. That's why once you start with it, your body just craves more of it. Amen. And so it's not enough for me to just say, well, I'd sure like to give up sugar. That, it ain't going to be quite that easy, Mark Trammell. Amen. You're going to have to set your mind. All right. Um, why? Why do you need to quit drinking? Because it's destroying your family. Why do you need to quit drinking? Because it's destroying your marriage. Why do you need to work on your anger issues? Because it's destroying your marriage. It is making you a bad father or a bad mother, and you are not raising your kids properly in the care and the love and the admonition of the Lord. Why do I need to attend church more regularly? Why do I need to be consistent in my church? Because this is where you will grow. This is where other people of like mind will hold you accountable. Amen? And this is the only place. We're like salmon swimming upstream, people. Y'all help me out here. We're like salmon swimming upstream. You are going against the grain. You're going against culture. Nobody else in this culture will tell you, man, you need to give that to God. Man, you need to get on your knees and pray about that. Well, ask the Lord, what does the Lord want in your life? Every other place you go, they'll say, well, what do you think? What, what would feel good to you? What do you think's right? You know what that'll get you? Anybody here ever tried that? That'll get you a whole bunch of nothing. That'll get you deeper in the hole you're already in because you don't have the answers. I, as the preacher, I want to be extremely honest with you. I don't have all the answers. There'll be pre some preachers that make you want to think they have all the answers. They're lying. I don't have all the answers. As long as I'm flesh and blood and as long as I struggle, I will struggle with some things and not have all the answers. But I know the one who holds the answers. Amen. And I can introduce you to him. Uh, know the why. Um, I want to be closer to God. I want to have a better marriage. I want my financial house to be in order. Some of you say, I can't tithe. Can I say it this way? And you, I, Oh, Lord, I knew the preacher was going to get on money somehow. Uh, can I tell you this? You can't afford not to tithe. Amen? God says, I will bless you. He's the only thing he says in his whole word that you can test him on. He says, try me, test me, and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. If you, if you want it to work out on paper, though, it ain't never going to do it. Uh, 
Do you want God to be honored in your finances? You need to get closer to him. Uh, do you want to be healthier? Do you want to be a better parent? Do you want your life to honor God? Look at this next one. and This is maybe the most important one. When you know the why, you will find a way. Probably not anybody in here wouldn't say, I wish I had a stronger marriage. Even the strongest marriage in this place would probably say, I sure, I sure would like my marriage to be as strong as it can be. Not anybody in here wouldn't want to be a better parent, raise better godly kids, be more loving, do the right thing, make the right decisions. Not anybody in here wouldn't say, I want to honor God more with my life. But guess what? It ain't just going to happen. You have to make up your mind. You have to pre-decide to be consistent. Number two, this is going to sound really weird, plan to fail. Brother Mark, that don't sound right. You sure you got that one right? That sounds, it's a big word, that sounds counterintuitive. That sounds like it's going against what you're saying. Here's what I mean by plan to fail, though. Plan not to be perfect. You know why most people quit diets, quit uh, trying to quit drinking or quit smoking or quit whatever it is you're trying to quit? Because they fail. Amen, amen, sister. We got, a, we got one honest one in the crowd, amen. But I'm here to tell you, you fail, but here's our problem. We set ourselves up because we say, well, I failed. We're the only people that do this. What do we say? What is the saying? If you fall back off, if you fall off the horse, what do you need to do? That's what, that's what we say, but what do we do? I, I fell off the horse. I guess I'll just shoot the horse and give up. That, that's what we do. We say, I fell off the horse. Bless God for it. Even think about it. I need to dust myself off, jump right back on that horse. That's what we say, but our mind, the devil, your flesh says, oh, no. You failed. You proved you can't do it. You proved it's, it's futile. You proved that you can't handle it, so just quit. Just stop. Can I tell you, if you fail... And I say this with every passion I have in my life. If you fail a hundred times today, get back up a hundred times. Amen. You've got to keep getting back up. We're not perfect. You are going to fail. On the way to sobriety, you may fail a hundred times. But if you finally reach sobriety, then what does it matter if you had to get up on the horse a hundred times? If you need to quit the drugs... If you fall a hundred times, get back up a hundred times. Just keep getting back up. Keep begging back up. I say that with the greatest love in my heart. Why? Because we all struggle. Brother Mark struggles. We all struggle. Keep getting back up. Question. You think Daniel ever missed one of those three daily prayer times? Of course he did. Of course he did. He was human. Life gets in the way. King Darius had him stay late for work one day. Had to miss his evening time. Uh, he got caught in camel traffic on the way home one afternoon. <laughs> Life happens, right? Do you think that because Daniel was not perfect, he decided, that's it. I ain't going to pray no more. No. If he missed one... He just made sure he was in place and in time the next one, right? Right back up on the horse, okay? So plan to fail. Why are so many inconsistent? We have an all-or-nothing mindset. If I fall short 
Where if I mess up one time, forget it. I failed. I quit. That's what we do. Shoot the horse, it's over. The race is over. I got 10 yards down the track. Horse fell off. I fell off the horse. Shoot the horse, he's dead. We ain't running no more. That's what we do. Don't do that, all right? Um, Look at this next one. Being consistent isn't the same as being perfect. Boy, we need to get that one. Being consistent is not the same as being perfect. You will not be perfect. On the way to your sobriety, you may fall many times. But don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I could not encourage you enough. Because you remember what Paul, our friend Paul says? He's getting ready to the end of his life, and he says, I have run the race. I'm just about done with the race. And I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Do you want to finish the race strong? I do. But you know what? You can start the race real good and end the race terribly. But you've got to stay in the race. It don't matter if somebody has to carry your lifeless body limping across that finish line. You've got to cross the finish line. And you want to finish the race well. Even if the Son of God's got to pick you up and carry you. Remember that, uh, that poem, Footprints? says, why'd there stop being the foot? Because he was picking you up and carrying you. And I, that's what I want. I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. All right, number three, and Julie and the band, y'all can come on. Um, fall in love with the process. If you've ever been a part of AA, Celebrate Recovery, any recovery ministry, they will tell you, you must do the process. Um, most of these programs are how many steps? Okay. Some of you know very well. I know because I've been in them. 12 steps. And what most people want to do on day one is they just want to knock them 12 out all in one night and get it done and over with. Does it work that way? No, it does not work that way. There are 12 steps and they must be done one at a time and you don't move to the next step until you've completed that step. It is a process. And if you want success, then you must trust the process. Fall in love with the process. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Are you always going to get it right? No. Are you always going to do the right thing and make the right decision? Are you always going to say the right thing? No. But I'm here to tell you, keep trying. If I was an ungodly man today, and believe me, I have lived this one out many, many times. If I was an ungodly man today, does that give me the right or the excuse to be an ungodly man tomorrow? No. Stop making excuses. If you messed it up today, the Bible paints it a great picture. Every day is a new day. When the sun comes up, you get a fresh start. And just because I messed it up yesterday does not mean that I have to live in that today. I'm just going to start over. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to get back up on the horse. Okay? Um, Daniel wasn't trying to get promoted. You see, many of us, the whole problem is we have a goal and we have an agenda. I want to lose X amount of pounds. 
if that's the approach you take, you're probably not ever going to get to that goal, or you're going to get to that goal, and then six months later, you will have put it back on. You know what you need to say? Nobody likes to hear this, but you need to change your lifestyle. Because otherwise, you're just going to take it off, and the minute you stop doing what you're doing, you're going to put it right back on. What does that tell you? No, in all of this, whatever we're talking about, it means you have to change something and keep it changed. You have to change some things and keep them changed and be consistent in keeping those changes. Otherwise, it's just coming right back. Amen? Fall in love with the process. Um, just um, Daniel, wasn't, he didn't have an agenda. He was not trying to get promoted. He didn't want to be in this program that King Darius had put him in. He was just trying to please God. And all uh, Daniel did was he was just consistently doing what mattered to him and to God. The mistake most people make is they obsess about the goal. Look at this last slide, and then I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. You're not successful when you achieve the goal. You're successful when you honor God today. One, I know this is cliche again in Christian Christianese, but it's one day at a time. You cannot worry about tomorrow. Again, any of these programs will tell you, you don't worry about being sober a week from now. You worry about being sober today. And you just say, God, help me get through today. Because tomorrow will come and it will take care of itself. And then it's a fresh battle. And so I have to decide today, one day at a time. Daniel didn't have an agenda. He didn't have a 10-year goal of what he wanted to do or where he wanted to be in the Babylonian kingdom. He was just trying to please God and honor God. And God honored him back by protecting him in the lion's den. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. Or maybe you're struggling. Maybe you would say, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if I were to die where I would go. I'm, I'm not sure what my spiritual condition is. Can I tell you today, he is always waiting with his arms open wide. All we have to do is surrender to him. Maybe you're saying today, Brother Mark, I need to recommit my life. I've, I've not been living for him the way I should. Either one of those reasons, I want you to right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this prayer in your heart and mind and repeat it after me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I believe that you died on that cross for my sins. And right now, Lord, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior and my Lord. You prayed that prayer? I want you to come when we start singing in a minute. Come to the altar. Say, I prayed that prayer. And that's all you have to say. If you need prayer today, Brother Martin's going to be on this side of the stage. I'll be on this side. You just need to come and kneel at the altar. Whatever you need to do, if you need to come and join the church, we would love to have you. This is a wonderful church. You need to be plugged in somewhere. If not this church, find the church where God would have you. Plug in. Amen. Father, I pray that you'd have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing. You come as we begin to sing.
offer an amen. I'm so glad you came today, and I hope that something that was said uh, just spoke to your heart. Uh, please remember, be consistent. Uh, remember those two dirty words, and uh, let's try to do more of those two dirty words, all right? Uh, be more committed. Be more consistent in your walk with the Lord. Uh, again, there's nothing like a new day, nothing like a new year to just say, you know what, God? Now's as good a time as any. There's no magic in January 1st. There's no magic, um, you know, in... Uh, in anything as far as the new year or a new day, but it's just that opportunity. It's to remind us that God gives us a fresh start all the time. Amen. So I hope that you have a great day, and I hope that you uh, have a great rest of your Sunday. God bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>